Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello to all my people, and if you're watching live, checking us out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but if not, we'll sprinkle in some indie stars, or Jerry Swirls, you know, so we still get over. I'm your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be on this journey, and tonight that journey is being joined by the golden god of professional wrestling. He oozes charisma every time he steps in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Jerry Swirls. Jerry, thanks for coming on and chat about some wrestling, brother. How are you? I'm great. And can you please do that intro for me every single time that you come to a show? I would be, I would be honored to bring you if you just said oozing with charisma. Oh my gosh, I love that, man. We're off to a great start already. We haven't even gotten to the questions yet. This is awesome. That's Thank pretty you. much it. The, the, inter- the interview is over. We can just cut it off right there. I love yep, getting plugged from the guys. Sold it, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's start at the top, man. 2022, what's going on with Jerry Swirls in the world of professional wrestling? Oh, gosh, what isn't going on in my world, in Jerry Swirl's world, huh? Go check out my YouTube channel, uh, Jerry Swirl's Vlog, cheap plug there. Um, What can I say? Uh, I'm doing a lot of shows as of late. Uh, I just last week did the Love Alive Charity show uh, for Great American Clash under uh, the Pope Elijah Burke's Love Alive Charity. Um, That was really great. Uh, We had the end there, the Russell Twins, um stunt marshall uh, a lot of uh it was really cool it was a really cool experience right now i mean my schedule is busy this week oh my gosh it's probably the most busy my schedule's been in a while not gonna lie uh i'm busy you know keeping up with arw the golden god of wrestling has been thrusting and busting just to you know get those hips with all these grandmas and these middle-aged bays because you know i ain't a simple pant anymore of course <laughs> and i'm looking for more than just golden girls of course so uh old grannies Middle-aged babes, if you're watching this right now, enjoy what you're about to see. And maybe we could find wine and dine afterwards. So I was yeah, man. I was stalking your Instagram before we got on the air. I was looking through one of the first things that came to mind. You have a ridiculous clip. You're in an outdoor match. You and your opponent ah. are going back and forth. There's a slingshot into the porta body, followed by a huge lariat. Jerry, what the <sighs> hell was going on in that video clip? Okay, so this I didn't expect to get really popular. So we did, uh, if you guys know, I work for, as I mentioned earlier, I work for Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling. We air weekly episodes every Thursday on Exchange of Over Thursday. And we did a show under the Earth Day birthday banner, which was really cool. Um, we had bands like Godsmack, Three Days Grace, uh jelly roll there was a lot of good name a lot of good rock bands that was going on there and what else can you not mix with rock but professional wrestling of course now in this match it was me and pretty rich rise and an earth day birthday street fight which basically we could go wherever we wanted to go pretty much so basically we went from the outside to the inside we basically threw each other we beat the shit out of each other if i can curse on of course mind you <laughs> suck my ass i'm gonna curse anyway um <laughs> So what happened was, I'm getting. Uh, we had cheese graters, we had door. I mean, shoot, we wrestled all the way to the outside to the porta potties. And like, I remember I was getting Russian leg sweep, 
I hit my head. Next thing you know, I'm seeing Rich Wise trying to get the best of me. And I had to go take a break to get some hand sanitizer. And he's still trying to stop. He's still trying to stop me. But guess what? Barry Schwartz is always one step ahead of the game, baby. So Rich Wise thought it'd be a great idea to throw me right back into those porta potties. And I stopped myself. I shook my ass a little here and there in my mind. I'm thinking, I got it. So I turn right around and I give him that bow, that big clothesline, just to seal the deal with that. Not gonna lie, that was probably one of uh, one of my more violent matches I've actually done. Um, I know uh, there was a uh, there was definitely a spot where <laughs> I did a um, I took the cheese grater and I was trying to get his head, you know, just to let it be known, let it be known. But uh, you know, stuff like that in the wrestling business happens, uh, you know. All else, all peace, go up and war, of course. But in the case of Matt Wynn, Eric Schwartz had to get that one. So, and at the end, I got to show off my new little arsenal move set of my famous uh, around the world elbow drop, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you're preparing for a match like that compared to a more traditional, you know, in the ring Southern wrestling match, what's your mindset to go when you know you're going to have? you know, lock up, hip toss, elbow drag, or arm drag. Like, when you look at um, a match like that versus going into a hardcore affair, like, what's your mentality preparing for each style of match? That is a good question. So, basically, everybody has a different style. Not everybody is going to accustom to, let's, you know, I do a comedy style. I'm a funny guy. I try to entertain. I try to make people laugh, you know. I want people to remember for the laughter and the good times that we have. Because, yes, you have your pro wrestling, your catch wrestling, your tag team wrestling, your, you know, there's different styles. And, like, in preparing for a regular match, you know, I'm able to do it. But at the same time, like, it's kind of no different from when I prepare for a hardcore match because my character is so versatile in what it's doing. It's basically like uh, the chameleon from Mar from Marvel's uh, Spider-Man, you know. I never I, – I was just thinking about that recently because the chameleon – how he was able to manipulate and he was able to be versatile and change up the look every single time. I kind of resonated that and it's a way of like, okay, if Chameleon can be dressed up and look like a normal person, your average day Joe walking on the block, whatever, and then still change it up like that and be the, who knows, dressed up like Spider-Man the next minute. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you always gotta think on your feet when it comes to stuff like this. And, you know, I overthink a lot. I, I that's a, that's a personal, I don't know if that's a personal fault or if that's a personal, um, you know, good good or bad trait to have, I think. Because um, I have so many ideas. And, like, I just want to express that to the people, you know. Like, wrestling is so open-minded. It's so out there. Everybody has a different flavor of ice cream that they like, you know. I, I, I learned this. Um, you have your chocolate chip. You have your vanilla. You have your strawberry. And sometimes you have your little bit of a mix of all of them. It's just a matter it's a matter of preparing for that kind of match as long as for me, if anybody that's watching this, is does your character make sense in doing it? Does your character would your character do this? Would your character do that? Actually as a matter of fact, uh, there was one thing that I was taught um, by Pope is if if it makes sense, what would Pope do? That's a good that's a good little thing little tidbit that I learned recently. Um, well actually a while actually I've had that for a while now. Um and yeah, it's just like it, it depends on which and on what you want to blend it up into, and how you think it makes sense for your character to do it. it. Makes sense for anybody else to really be doing it. 
Um, I use this example a lot. Uh, speaking in something that's a little bit more mainstream WWE thinking is the Hell in a Cell match. Being yes. in a pay-per-view of its own when it originally started as a gimmick match. I've always said that I don't feel like Hell in a Cell necessarily needs its own pay-per-view. Because I've always said I felt like the story needs to dictate the match, not the pay-per-view. Yes. So I don't feel mm -hmm. like like bottlenecking two guys into a Hell in a Cell match because it's on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is the move. However, that's just my opinion on it. I feel like if you think about the buildups to those classic matches, even even not even just a Hell in a Cell, if you look at Dusty Rhodes with his uh, the the strap matches, or you look at some of the the buildups with the street fights and everything that built in those stories, then those were like spectacles to see. You know what I mean? So like you're talking Absolutely. about with your style, like your style could be one specific thing, but when you build the story you adapt who Jerry Swirls is to to tell a story based in a hardcore life, I guess, if that makes sense, right? Am I explaining yeah, what's happening? So I think what um, what another thing is, and I, I, I'll talk a little bit too, and you know, if you need to stop me at any point, please no, do. No, go uh, ahead. Feel free. Um, <laughs> one of the things about it is, like like you said, you know, the Hell in a Cell is a selling point, but it shouldn't be its own pay-per-view. I, I actually like that. I actually think that's a really interesting little tidbit that you threw out there. I never thought about that. Because here's the thing about Hell in a Cell. If you look at Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin, this is a good example. If you put them in a Hell in a Cell match, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. But their characters don't really need to have the Hell in a Cell match to really sell that aspect of it. As a matter of fact, look at um, Harley Race and Ric Flair. You know, that was the main event. Like a steel cage match back in the 80s, that was a big, big deal. You know, like that was what sold. And, you know, you had to go match you had your little tag team match you had all the your mid card matches and then you would build to that and then you would build to your upper mid cards and then you would build to your main event like it's a roller coaster yeah wrestling your match card should be a roller coaster to pretty much how you think about your fans you want your audience to be entwined and in your tune you want to get them excited all the way through so i i think um you know like i said if you want to have a show based on that 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 match that gimmick match like it's just you don't you you overkill it you overdo it by that point um not saying that there's anything wrong with doing that of course i, I have no issues with people that you believe that that gimmick match is going to sell everything that's great that's awesome but it doesn't need to happen all the time because then it just it doesn't mean anything anymore you know like um yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. I was leaving something off, right? No, that's awesome. This is the best part about these kinds of conversation is because you have a, a and you have a look at the industry that nobody else gets to have. There's a million marks in the world, but there are only a certain few select people that get to call themselves pro wrestlers, and you're one of them. So for a mark like me to have an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody, like I get it. Like, I, I eat this shit alive, dude. Tell me everything. You know what I mean? Like, trust me. That's why I do this. Um, let me ask you a question about something you were bringing up. You said that you're an entertainer. Do you feel like being a sports entertainer and a professional wrestler in 2022 are one in the same now? Whereas if you went back to the 80s, pro wrestlers, sports entertainers wouldn't have been something they would have called, ever thought to call themselves in the 80s. Do you feel like so... in 2022, are they synonymous? Are they the same thing? Uh, that is a, um, wow, that's a really good question. You're doing some good ones here. What did you watch? Sean Evans hot ones? <laughs> I did no, my homework. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. Like 
in the 80s, it was professional wrestling. You know, that was Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Harley Race, uh, Magnum TA, Sting. That was something. But the way that I look at sports entertainment and professional wrestling, um, I look at it in both sides of the point. It's, it is a form of physical entertainment theater, you know. It is something that people will come to see and enjoy. And now, now, mind you, there's the Ring of Honors. There's the there's the pure wrestling uh, aspects of it. You know, there's the catch wrestlers and all that kind of stuff that many people want to see the physical aspect. Bloodsport. That's another good example. Um, there's the physical aspect of it that many of those wrestlers still treat to, and people want to see blood and violence. You know. Um, to say that they're one and the same, I would definitely say yes and no. Yes, because it's still our sport. It's still a form of wrestling. It is still a type of entertainment. It is still a physical performance. It's still part of, it's still a fight. It's still a fight at the end of the day. But at the same time, there's a lot of high respect for MMA. There's a lot of high respect for catch wrestling, uh, amateur wrestling, whatever. And Many people want to separate themselves from that, but if you really believe something like that, that, that style can happen, you know, like say, for example, uh, an MMA company like UFC, they start to do like physical theater, they take away the MMA kids and they start bringing in the ropes, and they turn it into a pride kind of wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, it's if you, like I said, I lean, all right, then I guess in this point, I guess I would say yes, it's more intertwined, but at the same time, there are those, there's a handful of people that believe in the pure wrestling fight aspect of it, you know, but to retaliate, I think they are both the same, in my head, just to go hand in hand, in my opinion. Let me throw my two cents in on it just for fun then. From my perspective, I've said, and I've just recently, I've always fought with it. I've always said, I have an episode tonight that I'm recording that is nothing but controversial wrestling takes. And before we get off the air, I'm not going to have you do it on air. I'm going to have you do it anonymously like everybody else. But I'm going to ask you for your most controversial wrestling take before we get off the air tonight. Because we're doing one tonight. And I've talked to talking heads from the IWC. I've talked to talent from multiple promotions all the way up to Impact. You know what I mean? Like I've talked to lots of people in the business. I bet I've got probably 30 where it's just like controversial wrestling opinions, things that's wrong with the business today. So I'm going to ask you about that too later in the the conversation towards the end well, of it when we get off the air. So I'm, I'm curious about yours. Um, okay. So let's kind of look, we're going to look at the, the next little bit of the conversation in a couple different parts. We're going to start kind of on this, I don't want to say small scale, but you'll understand what I mean by that when we start it. Okay. What's your favorite part about working something like a Tennessee All Pro Wrestling or a Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Alliance show, one of these small house shows in Gladeville or in Morrison or one of these small indie house shows? What are your favorite things about those shows specifically? Um, my favorite thing about these shows really is like I get to try new things. I get to have fun, you know. Like at the same time, I still treat my match with with pride. You know, I'm very I'm my own worst critic. Like I have to treat my match with some etiquette and some respect but at the same time this gives me a chance to try new things it gives me a chance to try other stuff um stuff that i didn't think about like for example all that stuff that you see me do that the dancing around dancing with all the older women and stuff like that that, that was the first time i ever tried that or not that was the first time i ever tried to see how well that stuff would work dude out. you were over as fuck with that crowd dude 
like oh, they you. loved you in Morrison. When I saw you that night, like that was the first time I had a chance to see you work live, and I was like, dude, this motherfucker is over. Like they Thank loved you. you, man. So I was I was all about it. I was like, oh, believe uh, yeah. it or not, fun fact. Uh, that number that I gave out to that girl, that was my actual number. That's actually, awesome. Yeah, that she, makes it even. That makes, it, yeah, that's even that's cooler. Like, about it, man. And like you take out those elements that I took from from these smaller shows. Like you, you look at, for example, Billy Gunn's my favorite wrestler. I, I know that's probably later on the list of who my favorite wrestlers are who I've emulated. But like Billy Gunn, Val Venus, Rhett Titus from when he was in Ring of Honor with the uh, the thrust is a must. You know, those yeah. the, those three alone, I think, are kind of a good blend for me. And I want to say that I wanted to try these different ideas and like just trying to turn Jerry Strolls up to a thousand. Because before I was just like, I was the hip swiveling, golden girls, pants wearing, gold jacket loving, you know, Pamela Anderson simping. That's yeah. the one I can believe I can believe I haven't used that one before. Huh. Missed opportunity. Oh, well. <laughs> now. Um, no, it's like with these small shows, you get to have fun and you get to try new things that you can try on for the other shows that are on. And, you know, the smaller shows actually help build you up no matter what, whether you're going under or over, whatever the hell it is. Like, it's just, this is your time to actually try things and actually see what works and what doesn't work. Like when you do like an atomic wrestling or if you do a deep South wrestling or if you do an impact or eventually get to the AW, WWE aspect of it, you know, like it's just, you see where your character was from before and then you take all the elements that you've used and put them all in the recipe and then you learn from you critique yourself and see how you've learned from it and then take it all from there and then see what see what works and what doesn't work. Okay, so we're going to walk away from Tennessee All-Pro Wrestling. We're going to go a little bit higher. We're going to look at a promotion that is, you know, a little you, – you see the, the point of the conversation. We're going to look at somebody like USA Pro Wrestling. You're going to go yes. into a little bit larger of a promotion, a little bit bar- bigger of a market. When Jerry Swirls goes to a little bit – one step higher on the echelon of your indie promotions. What extra thing do you turn up to eleven when you're when you're preparing for those shows now? Oh. You, you talked about how passionate the TAP stuff was. Now, when you move up to that level, what goes through your head when you know you've got to perform for a market that's going to expect that next level of pro wrestler? Well, for that next level of wrestling, you know, you're on shows with like a lot of a lot of names that are on there, like Jerry the King Lawler, Brian Cage, Carlito, Chris Masters, Scott Steiner. Um, there's a uh, there's a lot of oh, that Jerry Maguire right here. Uh, all the people that were on the show that I was actually got the chance to actually have to wrestle. You can see right there, you got to wrestle Gabriel. Proud achievement for those shows. Not only do you have to turn your character has to be up to a thousand, obviously, but also your rest. That is another thing. Um, I try to focus on. Car- I'm a cardio enthusiastic enthusiast. Like I'm very high on cardio to be in there because before, um, and I'll talk a little personally about me for a minute. And to be on these shows, like you need to really be in shape, and you really need to have that etiquette of having that good crisp wrestling. You need to study your tapes. You need to understand like who you're going to be backstage with, who you're going to see. Because, for example, um, I did a small Georgia show uh, a long time ago, and this was this wasn't this wasn't in front of a lot of people. Um, but I did I did the show. I mean, the crowd was rowdy, but I did the show. And I weighed two two hundred and forty five pounds. I was out of shape. I was blown up from the moment that I made it to the curtain. And the match on YouTube, that show, as a matter of fact. Um, there was a part where I went to go pick the dude up for a body slam, and he almost slipped out of my hands, but I he miraculously protected himself at the last second. Uh, and that right there, 
just made me think to myself, fuck, what if I do this on a big, like, atomic show, like, for example, and it it definitely shows. Because I did a, um, I did a joint ECW versus ARW show, and I could literally tell being placed out of the match, like, you know, calling it and stuff, like, I wasn't doing much. I really wasn't. And it kind of bummed me out. I mean, like, it was great to work. Was, Bill Alfonso was my special guest referee for that night. I mean, Shout out, Fonzie. Uh, great to hear from you, brother. Um, it really did show, you know, and it shows that people pay attention to you. You've got to be really careful with what you're doing in the ring, and you got to be smart with what you know, you know, even if you're out of shape, you know, you can still utilize that to advantage. Ace Steel, uh, Coach Ace Steel, uh, who was CM Punk's trainer, actually taught me that for as big as a guy as Harley Race was, for as heavy set for as a hard hitter as a fucking one of the best strikers of the fucking business he always made himself get light every single time because i remember i did a spot in training um where you would have to pick the guy up from a suplex from outside the ring you know on the apron and where the ropes were and you would have to literally hold on to the rope and then fall back go behind and then run off of them basically kind of thing um yeah you explain pro wrestling right uh you know you have to your wrestling your move set being loose is very key and you know don't don't be so caught up in this because this is going to fuck you up big time this will fuck you up the most and if you let that fuck you up you're going to fuck up even more in the ring that's one of the best things preparing for a show like that of course um i was gonna i was gonna leave in something else i think uh oh um and be and also pick the knowledge of the ring that you're on the shows with these workers you know like there's a lot of great knowledge. I, I, I think, and this will probably be uh, another topic. I've actually got two topics since you talked about that thing that we'll talk about off the air um, that I will say. But we'll save that for out, out the air. Unfortunately, you boogers will not get to hear that part. But I will say, um, pick the knowledge of the of, of the vets of the business. Like I've always picked, pick at least three, maybe four, that you can learn from, that you can understand, that resonate with your style, that resonate with what you're trying to learn and understand. It's all, it's all about perfecting your craft when it's coming to these bigger shows, and it's all about getting to that next level, like you said. So, moving on to the very next level, you have some dates coming up with Impact Pro Wrestling for the Summer City yep. Summer City Showdown, man. Yes, so, to, to finish the chain here, what's it like for Jerry Swirls when you're preparing for a TV match? Now, when somebody looks at you and says, "Jerry, you've got six minutes. Go out there and give us the best six minutes you've got." Like, how do you prepare for that then? Because on these indie shows, TAPW says go out there and work. You know what I mean? Yep. Then USA Pro Wrestling might go, okay, Jerry, you've got 15 minutes to go out there and tear the house down. You go somewhere like Impact Pro Wrestling, they're going to look at you and they're going to go, you've got seven and a half minutes. You know what I mean? You've got 30 seconds. You've got 12 minutes. They're going to give you such a precise amount of time to tell your story for a TV match. How do you prepare for that? When you've got to take a 15,000-page wow. paper and condense it into a 300-word article. Well, I appreciate the name that you would think that. Um, and I'm not going to call you out on this, but that actually is a, a, a not the same impact wrestling that you see on Access TV. But uh, that is great that you would pick that knowledge and think that. that, that that's awesome. Um, so for an impact wrestling TV taping, or any TV taping for that matter, they say, hey, six minutes, we need this right now. And the moment that you get the curtain and you get to the ring, hey, you got four minutes now. Yeah. So you've got, you can, there are two ways about it. You can either squeeze everything in as much as you possibly can, hit your high notes, keep your selling to, to how you need it to be at, but still keep it all tight. Because working TV is tight. 
everything is tight when it comes to punches and my and my tight also but like just getting to get into your spots get into your motions and whatever um another side of the coin you know you can cut some stuff out if you are one of those guys that has so much up here and you're trying to remember like spot here spot there oh i gotta remember this it's just know your basics remember the fundamentals know what you can and can't do that's good remember the high remember the keynotes of what you talked about and also kind of just improv think on the fly you know or audible one of the yeah. two it's all it's all about really in, in retrospect both of these things it's really just like know your time know what you're doing know your key know a couple of your keynotes and just go out there make sure that the finish is and that the people will remember it because the fans will go home happy no matter what uh, one of the guys that I've had previously on the show has said that uh, he'd used a John Cena quote. He said, it's like playing jazz. He says that when you have a match, it's not always about quantity. It's about quality. It's not always about speed. It's about being fluid. So if you want to put a lot of moves in your match, but you can't be fluid, then cut some of the moves out. If you right, want to be because- fast, but you cut on quality, slow down just a little bit. Absolutely, because the story is going to tell more than the moves. I mean, everybody can do moves. I mean, like, many people don't think I can do a su- uh, Tope Suicida, but I can do a Tope Suicida. Any, a- anything that you can think of, like, it, it is possible to do, but I don't need to do it because it doesn't make sense for me to do. Like, moves can get you so far, but story is what sells. Psychology is what sells as well, too. That's another thing. Like, that's a big emphasis. Actually, uh, there's an indie wrestler who, in my opinion, has one of the greatest minds, in my, in my personal opinion, and he's only been working for about five years now. Jason, uh, he's a leader and the popular one of Brothers in Arms, Jason Dugan. Um, he's been my mentor. He's been my best friend, my brother, my everything. I mean, and he's helped me grow as a person. He kind of took me under my wing. We, were, we actually trained together. Um, he helped me understand better. And, like, every day, you know, he'll always tell me a little history lesson. I'm like, hey, man. You know why we why do you why tell the whole Louis pool of a match and i'll say why did you do this why did they do that you know it's like you have to understand the simple story the simple psychology behind us for any fucking move any move anybody can move. so let me ask you a question um i've heard i've interviewed a couple trainers uh one thing that al snow said to me that rang out was when you're telling a story in the ring the collar and elbow tie-up is your once upon a time. That's where everything starts. Yep. 100%. Okay. So if you're looking at the finish of a match, what does Jerry Swirls do to start writing the end? Start writing the end? Um, for sure, the climax has to mean something. Like, so whether I'm working as a good guy or as a bad guy, um, it's really what what it all depends on. If I'm the good guy, you know, and I'm getting beat up for such a long time, but I'm getting that little bit of a fire, a little bit of a comeback, you know, throwing a couple clotheslines, a back elbow, maybe there's a big boot, maybe there's a little hip thrust and bust that I've got a little bit of life left and I drop that leg drop or drop that ass, whatever the hell it is, you know? And then it's just like, I don't um I don't cover for comeback. I don't cover after after those moves. I, I was taught this by Buff Bagwell actually recently because Buff Bagwell actually said that once you hit those final comeback moves, kid, you know, don't make the cover. Because if you make the cover, then it just makes a little that matches the video game. You know, you want the crowd to really be in for that. 
that's the sound effect that you really need to hear. That's the thing about it. Um, there's oh gosh, um, if I'm a bad guy, you know, I'm and 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 the guys getting stuff on me, whatever, 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 whatever. Um, I'm gonna do something cheap. I'm gonna do something very very cheap or dirty you know like i'll grab the referee like grab rep, please stop please stop please stop something 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 and it just eventually leads to something oh you know something cheap whatever it is iphone low blow whatever the hell doesn't matter i mean it's something that really it, it has to matter it has to mean something to the audience like oh ah boo whatever like those are the sounds that you gotta listen for if you've done your job right that's a word in my opinion when you're telling a story in the ring, do you feel it's more important to pop the crowd or to pop the boys in the back? That is a good question. Um, I know that that's kind of a, that's a loaded question because you don't. That's have, a very loaded because question. Because I don't want to sound like I, I don't want to sound like I'm insulting the boys in the back, or I want you to say well, like I, the fans I, don't matter. I, I know that's a hard question to answer, but I'm curious what your take is because I've asked I, a lot of other people the same question. And what? Um, well. You're trying to pop the crowd. You've done your job. You've got your merch money. You got your stuff. Pop the boys. That's it. that's. I look at everything as the same. You know, like I look at the questions as two, one and the same, pretty much. You know, you can pop the boys, and this goes back to when I was talking about taking advice from the vet from the vets. You know, like every little bit helps. And like if they're throwing that little nip bit, they're like, hey man, you should you should definitely do this and you're for your spot or whatever. Um, there was a match I did. Uh, I had a cardboard cut on a Pam Anderson. Obviously, everybody that knows that. I worked a tag team match against uh, Chrissy Vane, who is Big Con, aka uh, Connor of the Ascension's wife, as well as uh, Roxy Rouge at the time when I was her name, Jody Morton, her bodyguard. We did a, ta- a, a mixed tag team match, an intergender tag team match for the women's title. You know, it's a tag team match. I mean, whoever gets pinned, get whoever whoever pins the person gets the women's championship, whatever. So <laughs> she'll probably hate me for this. I'm talking about this if she ever watches. Um, so I was in the back, and uh, such and such went up to me and was like, "Hey man, you need to go up and pick her up for a fireman's carry." And then Jocelyn said, "She's back." <laughs> so in my head, I'm laughing about this and stuff, and then as I hit the curtain, I'm like. Oh my God! What am I about to do right now? <laughs> so I mean, it, it it's great to do that. It, it's so great. I mean, like when I did it, obviously I tried to make it look not as obvious as I possibly did when it happened, and I'm like just trying to hold my stomach and whatnot. But no, the I look like I said, you pop the crowd, you got your money. You pop the boys, you've done something right. You pop them both, there's nothing. To go, there's nothing to write home about. You know, like I know that sounds very political of an answer for me to say something like that, but I say when you do your job, it's when you've got your whole character out there and you hit all the right notes, hit all the hit the high hit the high spots, whatever the high spots may be, moves, story, psychology, whatever. Um, what matters is the end, the finish. That is what matters. If that finish sells, that's money right there. Money. Okay, Jerry. But then I've had, then again, I've also done some, I've done some other stuff. Um, like, I try to pop myself every once in a while. You know, I try to have these little quirks. Um, there was one part where uh, I told him, hey, man, I do a snake face. Just be aware of that, okay? And then 
some a guy won't know it, but if I don't like you, then, you know, such and such used to do this, just pull his chunks up and then just, you know, let it go to town. You know, who knows? If I like, if, if that ever comes across to any of you guys, you know, if I like you and you see my trunks now, and my trunks, my, my, my ass covered, you're good. <laughs> so. Okay, Jerry, I end all of my interviews with five rapid fire questions that have absolutely nothing to do with pro wrestling. Perfect. You ready? I am ready. What's your favorite movie? Rocket Man. What's your favorite TV show, even though I'm pretty sure I know the answer? Ham and Tommy. Yeah, and not the Golden Girls, huh? Believe it or not, Golden, uh, Golden Girls is all right. Golden Girls is all right. Uh, but I recently watched Ham and I watched. I've been recently watching a lot of Hulu TV shows. And uh, was Ham and Tommy, Tommy worth the watch? It is definitely. Oh my gosh, it is amazing. Um, there is some stuff that they kind of get wrong. I mean, it's Hollywood, of course. They kind of have to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a show to watch if you ever if you got Hulu or anything like that. What's your favorite city you've wrestled in? West Virginia. Yeah? Yes, 100%. I loved I thought it was beautiful. For, for for the place that it was in and the setting that it was in, I was taken aback by just the, the view of just the drive going there and everything. I know um, there's a certain wrestling uh, promoter who I'm very close with, uh, Gary Damaran, who runs All-Star Wrestling in West Virginia. I want to give a shout-out to him. Uh, thank you for being a friend. Hopefully, hopefully... The stars will align, and one day we can finally meet in person, and I can go back to West Virginia and show you off this Golden Girl love, Gary. Please. Anyway. Um, fourth question: What is your favorite fast food? Ooh, well, I don't eat fast food anymore. Uh, but Taco Bell, Taco Bell would be my go-to. I, I can't, I can't go wrong with a with a cheesy cordillo crunch or a uh, Dorito Socos taco or my personal favorite the loaded nacho taco and final question do you think pineapple belongs on pizza yes you I like pineapple so. pizza that's disgusting Gary. this interview what? is over we're done oh, here on, on. <laughs> it is not bad listen what's better anchovies on pizza between, anchovies on pizza. between those two I would, I would go with pineapple on pizza over anchovies okay. for sure i was gonna say i remember um I mean, this is gonna be funny so when i was working at a pizza place uh my friends and i we would get we would get together and like try all these weird and like intricate little uh toppings we wouldn't do them on pizza we would just try the toppings themselves and put them in a bowl we did a whole can of anchovies to see who would throw up first wow. i'm practicing this <laughs> i don't know how i did it I mean, like the oil, and you had to have the oil to, you know, how, like the anchovies when you open up the can, the oil's yeah. like in there, and like the sodium and shit. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing through. I, I'm surprised I made it. I mean, like it's got good protein in it, so. I don't mind anchovies. I'm not against them, just not on pizza. It's just not my thing. Yeah, um, I tried it a couple times. It's not, not appetizing to me. I mean, it's all right, but. Not, I love my... sushi. I'm a big sushi guy. I just don't like. Oh, uh, what is your favorite sushi? I'm gonna ask you the question now. What is your favorite sushi? Because I'm a diehard sushi guy. I'm a very particular. It's going to depend on two things. If I'm going somewhere that has a specialty role, like if the sushi oh, chef there has a specialty that he does or a specific style, or if he's known for sashimi, I'm going as a chef by trade, 17 years in the industry, man. If I walk into a restaurant and the chef goes, this is my specialty, that's what I'm going to eat 10 times out of 10. So it's always awesome. going to depend on that. If I go to just a like a mom and pop sushi spot, and I'm just picking it up. I'm always going to go with something spicy. I'm a big fan Ooh. of tuna. I'm a big fan of eel or octopus. 
Um, I do like sashimi, so just a nice ball of well-cooked rice with a perfectly filleted piece of fish. Like, that's good soup, man. So, like, sushi is one of those things that, like, done right is perfect, and all it is is rice and fish. See, I'm a salmon guy. I love tuna yeah. soup. I'm a big, I'm a big, big salmon guy. And like wasabi is my go-to. Like sometimes I'll even take a little bit of the wasabi and the ginger. Yeah. I'll roll it up into a little thing. And I'll just eat it myself. Uh, uh the salmon bowls. Yes. Those are my favorite. Like poke I bowls. I love the salmon. Yeah. I eat the pulp bowls. I eat those with avocado. A little bit of pineapple, actually, believe it or not. Um, put that in. Actually, of all the things that do that really shouldn't belong in. In a, in a, in, with pineapple is you know sushi but i'm one of those guys that's made of it so you know it's it's just trying those different spices and those different flavors that just bring it all out you know like i will go to Publix almost every day after my game workout i'll look at the sushi items like i know tomorrow's five dollar wednesday so it's my sushi night i'm excited for that um i'll either get the i'll either get a roll of the California roll, and then I'll get a little bit of the salmon. I'll probably just like mix it up, and yeah. then I'll mix a little bit of extra wasabi with that. That's a good to go for me. So, all right, Jerry, this is my favorite part of the episode because I just got to sit here and listen, man. Plug your stuff. Tell everybody where to find you and what you have going on. Awesome. This is my favorite part too. Hey guys, this is the Golden Girls here, the Golden God of Pro Wrestling, Jerry Scrolls. Uh, if you want to check me out on my Facebook, that's J- at Jerry Scrolls. You want to check me out on Twitter, that's Jerry Scrolls underscore 69. You want to check me out on IG, on Instagram, that's Jerry underscore Scrolls 98. Um, I also have a TikTok. I got I do some TikTok videos. I actually got a couple stuff with the uh, brand that I'm doing right now. Thanks, Wild Protein Donuts. Uh, Jerry underscore Scrolls 6998. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I'm uh, It's picking up a little bit right now. It's not all the way up there but it's getting some steam uh if you can look me up on jerry swirls world for youtube uh i'm trying to see oh upcoming shows is that what you want to talk about oh i also got a pro wrestling tea store pro wrestling teas.com dash jerry swirls i got some shirts uh i do video shout outs i'm not sure how long i'm gonna be doing those though because there was a uh, recent quota for the price to be going up in range so get those where you can i guess um Upcoming shows. Wow. Where do I start with this one? This weekend. Oh, my God. It's going to be crazy. Friday, June 24th is ARW's Born in Blood. We have the return of Samuel Shaw coming to Atomic Revolution. I think he's wrestled for us before. On Saturday is Impact Pro Wrestling Summer City Showdown, which is going to be a showdown for the throwdown, a thrust to bust, baby. And on Sunday, I'm wrapping it all up with USA Pro's Wrestle War. We have lots of legends lots of icons and most importantly the golden god gonna be there as well uh we also got uh some future shows coming up as well um i know in uh, july 9th it's gonna be arw's big star spangled slammer number six gonna be a pay-per-view special on fight tv we have the one and only the legendary tag team the rock and express gonna be in there baby we also got cesar benoni we also got carrie morton the son of Ricky Morton. We also got, you know, my boy Jason Dugan. We got Wes Briscoe. We have all the people that you can possibly think of. August, we're back at Ruby's Cafe for ARW. ARW's just picking up some steam. I don't know what it is. You get all people can't be sleeping on it right now. Um, but we're doing bone crunching action. We're working with the major wrestling figure podcast that Brian Myers and Matt Cardona do. They are going to be appearing. The franchise Shane Douglas, Shannon Moore, Ryzen. 
It's going to be a Parkinson location, my friend. And that's going to be, I believe, on August 6th or August 9th. I'm so sorry, Alex Red. Please don't watch this. And don't fire me, please. <laughs> um, and uh, there's going to be and, – and, and as far as I know, that's what I have coming up in the next few months. Actually, we're coming up in four days coming up next year. And hopefully, I get to uh, – it to keep you all posted on that. The sooner the better. <laughs> Excellent, man. Well, I appreciate you stopping by and chatting about some wrestling. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Good, sir. It is a pleasure to be on Bot Spots and Chair Shots. Please go check them out. Please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow their Instagram and their Twitter. Because if you don't, I've only got three words for you. Suck my ass. Thanks. I'm clipping the hell out of that. That is going in the intro. Yes. And it's going to the intro. I made oh, the yeah. intro. You Why made the intro. The you did. I'm, I'm definitely putting that in the intro. Okay. Now, as we close another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for listening. Remind you to go wherever you do anything on the internet Facebook, Instagram, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Twitter. Literally, you have all the options like follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, but then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling me how great I am or how terrible I sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm and it helps me find new listeners. And if you're feeling really generous and be one of those VIP people, head over to patreon.com and donate to the SmackDraw Podcast Network. You, do you donate some money, you get some swag, we get some fantastic guests like Jerry Swirls. Woo! I'm your host, The Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people. Watch Spots and Share Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Watch Spots and Share Shots. On all platforms, make sure we're here on Box Box and Chair Shots, one of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage of Texas Echo, Echo Ball Day, and Box Box and Chair Shots. Check. Savage!